welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective virtual event. I'm your host, Samantha Siemens, and I am thrilled that you are here. And joining me is my friend, Kara Snyder. And so before I introduce you, I want to know if maybe you've dealt with this. And statistics would tell me that a high percentage of us deal with this. So like, have you ever dealt with anxious thoughts or anxiety or uh, any sort of thing that trips you up in that category? Chances are the answer is yes. And so I've asked my wonderful friend, Karis, to come on and give us practical strategies for dealing with anxiety, but that are grounded in biblical truth. We don't want to do it the world's way. We want to do it God's way. And so thank you so much for coming. Friends, let me tell you a little bit about Karis. She is a Christian communicator who shares the hope of God through speaking, writing, coaching, and podcasting. She is the author of Anxiety Elephants, 31-Day Devotional, and Anxiety Elephant's 90-Day Devotional for Tween Boys and Girls. She has two new books coming this year. There's an Elephant on My Chest picture book and Carline Mom, 100-Day Devotional. Girl, you've been busy. She (laughs) shares from personal experiences of overcoming depression, anxiety, fear, and shame. And her desire is to help people of all generations to see their value and worth through the eyes of the Lord to grow in their faith and mental health. Thank you so much, friend, for coming. Thank you for having me. I am so excited just to be a part of this and to just meet the ladies that are going to go through this and to know that God is going to do something amazing for each and every one of them. I just think it's incredible. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm excited for them to see this too and just have transformation. Ladies, we have prayed. We uh, have set the ground for this. Uh, Karis talks about this a lot in what she does at her work, but there's something specific about this event that is just kind of blowing our minds. And we know that this is one of the conversations that can absolutely change your life like today. So if you're ready for that, then let's just jump in. I would love for you, friend, to just share a part of your story. Absolutely. So 11, goodness, 12 years ago, anxiety and depression almost took my life. Uh, My husband and I, we were leading worship at our church. I had a successful business going uh, through my my home. I worked from home. And then I had my daughter who is now 14. Goodness, she's about to be 15. Uh, she was a toddler then living her best toddler life. So everything looked great on the outside, that mask of perfection, if you will. Um, because on the inside, I was being crushed by the weight of anxiety and depression and fear and shame And just thinking that I had to look a certain way, I had to appear a certain way, because if people really knew what I was struggling with, would they love me and accept me? You know, would God still be able to use me throughout the church and in other ways? Um, And so I began on this journey of just really pushing things down and not dealing with it. And it all kind of started out for me, it would be like this little weight on my chest, Um, It felt like elephants at the time, you know, just having this grand old party, just jumping up and down, you know, living their best life. But it was crushing me on the inside. And I had no idea that it was anxiety because at that time of my life, I didn't think anxiety and depression were real. Uh, I know that you and I have talked about this a little bit before, but I did used to be one of those voices within the church who would say that it wasn't real that if anyone was struggling with that, it was because they were feeling sorry for themselves. Um, They were whining. They just had a negative outlook on life. And if you asked me for encouragement, my, my encouragement or thoughts to you would sound something like this. You just need to try harder. 
You just need to pray harder. You just need to read your Bible more. You just need to trust God more. Uh, And if I knew you really well, I would just tell you, hey, suck it up, buttercup, and move on. Now, I have to pause because I don't think Jesus ever said to suck it up, buttercup. I'm pretty certain that is nowhere in scripture. So I had the wrong outlook. I was terribly wrong on that. And so I I want to just up front, before we go any further, say to any woman listening, if that has happened to you, I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. It, It is heartbreaking and crushing to know that that's where I was. But I want you to know that that is not God's voice. He does not condemn you. There is no condemnation in him. And he wants you to bring all of those things to him. And as I began to go through that struggle, I think, honestly, there was a part of me that thought, what if someone says those things to me? What what if they meet me with that same rejection, those same thoughts? And so I pushed it down. I didn't want to deal with it. And that anxiety grew. Those attacks grew. And I found myself one day on my couch in my living room, having one of the biggest anxiety panic attacks I had faced. And I thought my daughter was going to come in at any moment and find her mama dead on the floor because I had no idea what was happening. And when I went to the doctor and they told me what it was, I was like, there's no way, there's no way that that's what it was. Cause I was still in that place of, of denial. And it moved then into this place of dread and depression. I dreaded getting up every day. I thought I had nothing to offer that I was purposeless, hopeless, useless and worthless. And the enemy began to just kind of put those thoughts in my head, you know, of they're better off without you. You're not needed here. You have nothing to offer. There's no way God can use you like this. And so I think the bottom of the bottom moment for me was when we ended up finding out that I was pregnant. I might've weighed a hundred pounds. I was just not in a good, healthy place. But in that moment, my doctor met me within that place and said, Hey, for the sake of the baby, just eat. I don't care if you eat donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, just eat. And two things happened that mama bear instinct kicked in that I think all women have. You know, we'll fight for those that we love. We'll fight for those that we see, you know, maybe as an underdog or or who are appear as, as smaller because we want to do that. It's just kind of an innate thing inside of us. But also, Y'all, if a doctor says you can eat donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, <laughs> let's go. You've got to eat the donuts. So, so I did. I ate a lot of donuts. I still do eat a lot of donuts to this day. Um, but, and I gained like eight pounds over an eight week time frame. but I ended up having a miscarriage and, and that little life, you know, was gone. And that was the bottom for me. And when mm-hmm. I hit the bottom, it was like there was these two choices, give up or look up. And I thank God every day that he whispered into my soul, look up, look up. And when I looked up, he hadn't left me. He wasn't mad at me. He still had a purpose for me. There were helpers for me. And also when I looked up, there was a new way of thinking. There were practical strategies that I began to kind of learn through counseling, through reading God's word, through getting healing and restoration that by adding these practical strategies into my life that God already grounded in his biblical truth. You know, faith and mental health go together. And I think this is one of the ways that it does. He already gave us direction and instruction on how to put them together. And as I begin to learn those things, I begin to realize we need to teach this. We need to apply this to our life because when we can apply biblical truth to our life and we can apply it to the actions that we have, how much different can our life look? 
And so that's where I get passionate and fired up to help others, to help women know, hey, you can do this. Yes, it took time and it was a process for you to get where you are. So you got to give grace and you got to allow the process to begin. But there is no time like the present to add these practical strategies into your life so that you can see changes and you can live in a way that God has always intended for you to live. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. And I am so thankful that God told you to look up too, because the impact and the ripple effect since that moment has just, I mean, when you get to heaven, you're going to meet all these people who's through your story. And so that's incredible. And thank you for that. Uh, but women, I also want you to know too, that like you are not alone in this, that right. especially since 2020, um, mm. it has just rapidly, steadily increased, but even prior to that, the statistics are deafening and what, and what we as a society, I think we're getting better, better Karis. I feel like we're getting better with acknowledging it, but it's still a little bit taboo. And so, which is just weird to me that it's taboo yet so many, like, I want to say almost everybody deals with it in one, one form or another. Right. But yet yeah. we don't talk about it. And so I know opening up the conversation, um, is huge. And so again, thank you for sharing your story. You have do you have statistics for us that just show us how yeah, rampant yeah. it is? Yeah. So, um, it is anxiety is the number one mental health struggle for all ages. And when I say all ages, I mean, all, if mm -hmm. you are, uh, maybe you are in that age of life where you are a grandparent, you might be a working mom or, or an entrepreneur female, or you are a, a child and you are in that age range of six to nine or those tweens, 10 to 12, our teenagers, our college students, anxiety is the number one mental health struggle for women. I believe the numbers are anywhere from one to three to one to five deal with some form of, are dealing with some form of anxiety right now from mild to severe meaning it could be situational. You just get a little anxious maybe before you have to give a presentation before mm -hmm. your work peers, or it could be that this anxiety has kind of taken over your life and you feel a little paralyzed doing those day-to-day -day things where your brain is trying to tell you, hey, there's some things here that are not correct. You know, there may be some imbalances there. And so you might need additional help for that. But that, to me, whenever I see those numbers, that it's number one across all age groups, it blows my mind. And the United States is the number one most stressed out country. Number yeah. one. Uh, and behind them, tied for, for second, is Canada and Great Britain. That's crazy. We're the most, we're the most stressed. And, yeah. and that just, you know... All the things that we know, all the things that we're learning about mental health, you know, and how to take care of our bodies and all of those sorts of new information that's coming in. And yet we're more stressed, we're more overwhelmed, we're more anxious than we have ever been. Yeah, I feel like the more the new information aspect, though, it's great. And I love technology and we get to do this. And so cool is like a contributing factor to that. Not yeah. only do we have word vomit of everyone's opinion and facts and blended of the two, but we get to see a glimpse inside everyone's life. And so then it throws on comparison and just yeah. all of these things. And yet it breaks my heart to know 
that the Lord did not mean for any of it to have Mm -hmm. or for us to have any of it. And yet how many of us deal with it? And I think what's really cool, even about this conversation and like in one of the other conversations with Alyssa, we talk about like creating rhythms and sacred rhythms Mm -hmm. and how it's super uncomfortable because it's slower. But here in this conversation, you're hearing Canada, well, America, Canada, and Great Britain, which are all very busy, competitive with each other, go, go, go societies. And we've created a culture of that. And yet in this other conversation as well, you'll hear that the Lord actually wants us to slow down. And so it's just the counterculture of all the busy is to abide and to slow and, and to just rest in him. Yeah. And that's all easy to say, right? That's so easy to be like, just rest in Jesus, you little preacher girl. (laughs) But (laughs) we won't leave you with that. Yeah. No. (laughs) Right. Let's just, we'll just leave there. You figure it out. Yeah. No, we won't do that. Yeah. No, we're not that You know, as you were saying that, I think about this all the time. When you, you guys read a book, you can pick a book up that's in your room, maybe next to you right now. There's margin. And the, Mm -hmm. on each page, you know, the words don't go from top to bottom, left to right. There's space and there's white space. So our brains, our bodies, our lives need that margin to breathe, to take it in and to just enjoy. And so that's where I say it takes some time to change a process, to shift, Mm -hmm. but you took the time to come into this class, to come into this conference. So continue forward and taking the time to applying strategies that you're going to learn one day, one step at a time. And then you're going to see a shift. You're going to see a difference. You're going to see that how you feel lighter and you feel joy and you're able to just maybe hear from the Lord in a way you never have before, or maybe go out and live your life in an abundant, fulfilling way that you've never experienced before. And so I think that's one of the great things about how you've brought all these voices together is that each woman is going to be met exactly where she needs to be met for such a time as this. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, and this just came to me as you were saying, like the books thing with yes, margin, we have no margins in our life, regardless of what season you're in, even the six to nine year olds, right? We have like competitive sports and all the things that regardless of what season you're in, there has to be room for margin and there has to be room, but you have to be intentional with it. But that was a sidebar. What I was thinking when he said that was, you know what, if you're watching this friend today, I want you, if you journal, great. If not, write it on a piece of paper, stick it in your diary, whatever it looks like for you. Put it on your calendar. Like I'm a techie, so I'll put it in my calendar. But if you decide to move forward with what Karis is about to talk about next, and I want you to mark it. I want you to mark this day. And because like she said, it's a process and the Lord will refine. And, and, but I want you to mark this day as like a day that you said enough. You said, I'm done with the status quo. I've rebuked the enemy and his attacks to try and get a stronghold over my mind to Pentecostal. That's okay. I, um, I want you to mark today as a day that just separates you from any other day, because this day is the day that you've decided to watch this, this video and you're going to take action. And she has, what I love about you and your trainings is they're simple. It's not like go to therapy for 50 hours a week and then go ride your bike. You know, like it's not overwhelming. You're not giving me overwhelming stuff to do when I'm already overwhelmed. It's very practical. But make a note of it. Put it in your prayer journal because I am going to bet my bottom dollar that this time next year, if you continue to do this process and if you accept the grace that God is giving you through this process, because you're going to mess up like every day like me and you keep going, that your life is going to look different. I just, Mm -hmm. 
I can guarantee it, but not legally, yeah. but you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, Karis, give me, I told I told them, I've already like ramped you up. So I'm pitching, I don't know if I don't have a sports metaphor for that, but basically I've told them, you are so good at simplifying these and giving us biblical like strategies that we can implement. So let's go to those. All right. Okay. So I have five that we're going to just hit on very quickly here. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the strategy, how to implement it and the scripture that kind of grounds it, you know, because we want to be rooted down because when we have strong roots and that's going to help us to continue to grow in this. So first one, we got to acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge where we're at. We've got to have a starting point. If we don't know where we're starting from, we're not going to be able to run towards the finish line, right? So this is your starting place. And when we acknowledge, hey, I feel anxious about this situation, or I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety, it removes its power off of you. It's kind of mm. like, you know, when your kids, when they're growing up and they get scared at night, maybe they're scared of the dark because they think they see a shadow. They think they see, you know, a monster in the room. And when you turn the light on, maybe it's all it is is a Lego or all it is is a, a shoe that they left out and they see, oh, this didn't have more power over me. I'm, I'm bigger than it. I'm stronger than it. So by acknowledging it, it's taking its power off of you. And I love that in Mark 14, 34, Jesus, as he was going into the garden of Gethsemane, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He acknowledged that he was feeling overwhelmed as he was getting ready to walk this road, to go to the cross, to fulfill this, that we needed him to fulfill for salvation, to take on a price to pay for our sin that we couldn't pay. He didn't say, hey, I got this savior of the world, no problem, no biggie. He acknowledged that he was feeling overwhelmed, knowing what he was about to face. And even knowing that he was going to be separated from his father for the first time ever, because God could not look on that sin. And he was bearing that weight. So if Jesus can acknowledge where he was at with his friends, with those three disciples that he said that to, then that gives us the freedom to acknowledge where we're at. So first and foremost, acknowledge where you are. All right. Second one, deep breathing, taking deep breaths. The reason I love this one is because there is scientific fact around this. When we pause and take deep breaths, it takes our brain out of that emotional place where let's be honest, y'all, when our emotions take over, we do not make the best decisions in the world and we may not say the best things in the world. That's not just a teenager or a kid. That is us, even as adults. So we don't want to live in that emotional part of our brain. So when you pause and take deep breaths, it flips the switch and it allows your brain to go into the thinking, clear, rational part of your brain where you can make good decisions. You have clarity of thought. And the scripture there for that one that I just love this, Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Can we just pause there for a minute? God's breath breathed life into man. So God's breath is inside of us. When you pause and you close your eyes and you take those deep breaths and you imagine the God of this universe, he is the creator. He is our heavenly father and his breath is inside of us. And you're taking those deep breaths. Not only do you have clarity of thought, but man, you've got peace. You've got perspective to know God loves me. His life, his breath of life is inside of me. And he took care. You know, Psalms 139, he formed us. We are fearfully and wonderfully 
made. So take those deep breaths. When you feel maybe your heartbeat is kind of fluttering or you feel breathless, when you pause and do that, that gets your brain and your heart and mind into knowing God is in control and everything is going to be okay. All right, so there's two. So we're going to acknowledge, we're going to take deep breaths. Now we're going to change our thought. Did you know, Samantha, that we have 80% of our thoughts are negative? Dang, 80%. That's not surprising. <laughs> okay, right? And I'm sure none of you are, are surprised by that either. Our brain tends to want to be negative. It goes to that negative place. But 95% of those thoughts wow. are repetitive. Oh. It's just like this hamster wheel of negativity running through our mind. You know, what are you thinking about? What, what are your thoughts on? So that's what we got to do. We have to change our thoughts because a lot of anxiety deals with future things that we cannot control that goes to catastrophe mode. We play out this movie in our head. And by the time it gets to the end credits, we are in panic mode and nothing has happened. So we have to change our thoughts. We got to change what we're thinking about. And uh, in doing that, 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us to destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So that is an action for you to take it captive. So one way you can take your thoughts captive, I know you mentioned this a little bit earlier, journaling. Writing those thoughts down on your journal. Um, and no one will see this journal. It's between you and God. You can hide it in a in a drawer if you need to, and just get those negative thoughts out. Write them as fast as you can. Use sticky notes. I love sticky notes. I have them everywhere. You can just write them down on the sticky notes. And when you get it done, you can just get it and just throw it away. You want to get rid of it, whatever that action is to get rid of it and then replace it with what God's truth is. What does his word say about the situation about are your kids going to be okay? Do other females love you? Um, are you created to do something in this world? Go to his word and find it and write that down. And when you feel that thought coming, replace it instantly. You get to be the boss of your brains. When I tell kids that, they love it. They're like, yes, I'm the boss. So you get to be the boss of your brain and change your thoughts. Two more, gratitude. I love to talk about gratitude. It is a powerful, natural, built-in anxiety blocker. Your brain cannot be anxious and thankful at the same time. Even scientists have studied this, and it's amazing to me. So if you look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So get up every day. What are three things that you have to be thankful for and get as specific and small as you need to. It may be your favorite cup of coffee. Maybe it's a favorite pair of sneakers that you love to wear, or it could be, you know, just snuggling with your family. And then when you go to bed at night, what were three good things that happened that day? Now, this is not meaning that we ignore that there are bad situations. It's meaning looking for the good in all things, knowing that it's there. And this is gonna help you shift your perspective as well. Last one, community. We need each other. The enemy would love for us to be in battle against one another because he knows that as women who are warriors together, how strong we can be. So you need community. Friend, you do not have to do this alone. And there are other women that are probably going through the same thing you are. And when you share your story, you know what they're going to say to you? You too? I thought it was just me. 
So you want to share, you want to build community. Galatians 6.2 says that we are to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So who are those two or three that can be your arm bearers? You know, Aaron and her, they held up Moses' arms. When, when Moses was growing tired and he had to th- hold up his arms for Joshua to win that battle, you need some arm bearers in your life that are going to come in, slide those rocks under you and say, hey, we got you. We got you. So you want to identify those two or three in your life. So we're going to acknowledge where we're at. We're going to take those deep breaths and know that the breath of God is there. We're going to change our thoughts and take them captive, practice gratitude in all circumstances and build our community and be arm bearers. And by taking these, picking one or two to work on each day, you're going to see a shift and that anxiety is no longer going to have a hold on you. And you're going to walk in your life and in your purpose the way God intended. So good. So good. Anybody else, when you were talking about deep breathing, I was like, let's just do that now. I know. Just take a deep breath, man. <laughs> just pause. And it is. And take it in. It, it, since our last conversation, I actually use that with my kids all the time too, because their emotions will get so like, you know, their children unregulated yes. and they go from zero to Hulk. And I'm like, let's deep breath, do it with mommy, yeah. deep breath. And that's right. They do it like 50, 50, but Yes. And then, which is so cool when, as you apply these tips, you can then apply them or help your children or your spouse or whoever to learn that. I love that. I love all of those. And, um, especially I, maybe I'm biased, but community, we are not meant Mm. to do it alone. And I feel like that's the part where we are so siloed, but the more we have conversations with other, and it doesn't have to be like, let's sit down. We're going to talk about my anxiety today. It could just be situational. Like that's right dude, I had this thing happen to me. And then all of a sudden I was this and this and this. And then like, have you ever felt that way? And, and with the community also doesn't have to be burdensome. I mean that in the sense that relationships are two way street. And so as you grow in this process, you can help your friends apply these same tips and do what's worked for you or at the very least encourage them, um, pray for them. Right. And so, yeah, I'm excited for that one too. Cause I feel like it'll open up conversation more also. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up, I want to know Karis, if you can just please give these women a word, like they're down, they're going to mm. start today. It's marked on the calendar and they need you to send them off with some words of encouragement. Absolutely. So first of all, just know that you are loved. You are not alone. And if this is hard for you, it's not because you're doing it wrong. It's because it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. It's, it's not just you. So keep going. You know, Jesus said that in this world, we would have trouble, but take heart because he has overcome and he has fought that battle for you and he is fighting with you. So take it one baby step at a time. What is one small thing you can do? And as you do that, rejoice in that small beginning, rejoice in that step forward that you took. And the next day, what is one small thing that you can do? And you can build on those small steps. And over time, over the process, even when maybe you feel like you've fallen down, get back up and just say one small thing, Lord, help me do the next small thing. And he will He will because he loves you and he wants to see you healed and restored and walking in your your calling, walking in what he has for you. And the amazing thing is when you get to the other side, you get to offer that hope rope to someone else and to say, hey, this is what God did for me. He can do it for you. Come on. 
Come yeah. on. So keep going. And as you do, you're going to get to bring others with you and remind them, hey, you're not alone. So good. Yes. And as you were speaking, I also want to remind you, or not remind you, uh, tell you for the woman who maybe is like one thought, I have mm. 500 thoughts a day that tell me that I'm not good enough, that tell me I can't do it, that tell me I should just stay home in bed or whatever those thoughts may be. Because for some of us, we're to the point where it's just a constant berating in the mind, right? And so if that's the case, one, still you're not alone. And we've been there. We both have been there. And just start with one thought. What is the one that either tears you down like the hardest or you hear the most? And let's work on that one thought. Keep captivating that one. You're not enough. Okay. Mm. And taking that and throwing it on a post-it and throwing it away or burning it. Yeah. (laughs) But then I legit, there's been times in my life and I've done this for the kids too, where, okay, if I'm, you know, I'm unloved, then I'll pick a scripture that says the opposite. There's a lot in the Bible to pick them. Right. But I'll pick a verse that says that I am loved. And then that verse gets on a post-it on my laptop. It goes in the fridge because I'm in the fridge all the time. It goes on my mirror. Like it is, it's my right. screensaver on my phone. Like it is everywhere until my brain gets the hint that that is a lie and this is the actual truth. So if you right. are one with a million invading thoughts a day, pick the one. And then when you're done with that one, we'll pick another. Like That's right. keep going. So okay. So good. Thank you so much. Um, Friends, I am so excited. I want Karis to talk about where we can find you. All of these links below will be below friends. And then also be sure to upgrade to the VIP if this is something you're interested because she has practical tools that she's going to talk about for you there too. That link is below as well. And um, she will also be in the community with us. So thank you so much. Where can we find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on social media. I hang out quite a bit on Instagram and Facebook at Karis Snyder. That's C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R. Or you can go to my website, which is also my name, karissnyder.com, C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R.com. And you can find me there. I love to send out freebies and offer encouragement on that. And then my podcast is Carline Conversations. Uh, you can find me on most of those podcast platforms. I literally record while I sit in the car line <laughs> and we talk about real stuff, uh, but real hope as well. So I love hanging out with people in, in all of those places. So fun. Thank you so much again for your time, for your message, and for just equipping and empowering these women to take the next step further in beating up their anxiety. Okay. Thanks for having me. 